0: You are listening to the APSE Podcast, the Association of People Supporting Employment First, with your host, Chris Davies.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Minnesota APSE Podcast. Uh, We're very excited uh, to be with you here today with Jake Leeser and Brian Boyce. Uh, They're both with Cow Tipping Press and uh, very excited to learn all about that uh and that it entails uh before we do just a couple of quick housekeeping items uh minnesota APSI, if you are not familiar with it um maybe this is your first time you know joining uh or learning about minnesota APSI, you just stumbled upon the podcast today minnesota APSI is an action-oriented organization and we exist to bring people together to raise expectations So that people with disabilities can be employed and contribute and assume their roles and responsibilities as citizens in their communities. Employment is the same wages, standards, responsibilities, expectations, and opportunities available to any working age adult. One person at a time, employment is the avenue out of poverty and isolation. And I know that uh, Jake and Brian who are with us today, uh, you know, wholeheartedly believe, believe that as well. Before we, we learn all about them, I just want to describe myself and, and give Jake and Brian an opportunity to do the same. Uh, I am a Caucasian, uh, I'm a white male, uh, I'm bald. Today I'm wearing a uh, kind of a, a checkered blue, gray and white, Shirt, and uh, I'm uh, sitting in my office where I work. Jake, would you like to give a quick visual?
2: Yes, so I am a white male. I am wearing a dark or like a light gray shirt and I am sitting in my room on my bed. (laughs) Okay, got a sweet pair of glasses too. Yeah, yes, and I'm also wearing glasses
1: and brian
0: yeah so brian here uh a white middle-aged man hair beard uh got a blue vest and uh sun shining in on a plant uh at the the office that i'm working in here happy to be here all
1: right great great thank you thank you both um well let's uh let's just let's jump into it here a little bit and uh, i'd love to learn just you know a little bit about both of your uh, your backgrounds. Uh, Jake, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
2: Um, well, I, I have disabilities. I have autism or I'm on the autism spectrum disorder. Uh, I participate in a lot of Special Olympics and I love doing that. I think I've been doing that for over a decade now actually uh i'm a big movie fanatic i I love to watch movies and i will talk about movies a lot if you get me talking um i love to cook i'm hoping to at least become a cook or own like a food truck one day so yeah and i love cow tipping too (laughs)
1: Uh, that's fantastic. So, what were some of your or what are some of your favorite athletic events?
2: Uh, so far, I love to do track and field, and I love doing softball and bowling. Very good, very good. I love
1: movies too, Jake. I I almost half the things I say throughout the day are a line from a movie. It seems like so. <laughs> I think you and I could could get along well on that. Uh, Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah, Jake, I didn't know that uh, you did track and field. I'm, I'm a runner myself, so that's uh, something I have in common. Um, but yeah, me, uh, you know, I guess professionally and, and uh, you know, kind of identity and background wise, uh, I am the sibling of a brother uh, with uh, intellectual disabilities and uh, some mental illness um which you know like a lot of people get involved in this field that, that was an entry point to, to understanding the value and virtue of our peers along this particular line of difference uh it's been such a gift and blessing to have him as a sibling hopefully vice versa has been true for him too so so that's kind of my uh original or foundational connection to disability um i uh, was an english major in college um, I have a friend who uh, likes to sing a song from a musical what do you do with a ba in English but then someone else was like hey actually you're doing what you're supposed to do with uh, with that English degree you're, you're pretty pretty uh related to that um in your in your work um and then what's the other piece oh uh, I, I taught uh, high school or right I've worked with you know young people ranging from preschool to uh, college age over my career, but but that included being a high school teacher for a number of years in a variety of, um you know, different cultural contexts. Uh, and then um, before cow tipping, I also was involved in helping to run an education nonprofit uh, that helped train kind of the next generation of teachers. So if you put all of those together, that kind of, uh, you know, makes makes a lot of sense about why I do cow tipping. It's drawing from all those different experiences to, uh what train young people to be teachers of creative writing to uh folks with developmental disabilities and publish and celebrate their work as a way of seeing uh new value in in this form of human diversity
1: great uh thanks so much brian and And i don't watch too
0: many movies sorry
1: (laughs) oh that's okay that's all right i think i'm gonna have that uh that broadway musical jingle going through my head the rest of the day so Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's jump into it. I'm sure our audience right now, who are are listening and watching, uh, might be wondering what is TOW Tipping Press. Uh, so let's let's hear a little bit more about about that. Uh, you know, what is TOW uh, Tipping Press? How did it start? What do they do? All those kinds of things. And
2: and let's start with you, Jake. Um. Well, for me, I. Th- I joined Cal Tip and Press back in late 2018 when I had moved to Wasika from Fairboat, Minnesota. Um, basically, for what I had heard about it back then, was it was like a writing program or reading program basically. Then I started joining it, and what it is now, it's a reading and writing class where people with disabilities get their stories heard and it's a whole lot of fun that I have had in the past four and a half years at least
0: yeah I think I think Jake shares his personal experience there and that's that's pretty good um uh yeah just broadly we teach and publish writing by folks with uh, intellectual developmental disabilities again as I said uh as a way of celebrating this this form of of human difference um and one way we kind of sum up our mission is that we're about changing the narrative on on disability so not seeing uh disability as something that's a deficit or something to be pitied uh or kind of this medical lens on it but but an identity that's valuable and that that all the rest of uh, society is missing out on when they don't choose to uh, connect with and seek out and integrate into their home school and work lives. Um, so yeah when we say we're changing the narrative on disability and that is literal. Unfortunately I don't have a book in front of me I should but literally we are publishing I uh, actually hey, have a book narr- okay Jake Jake can do the product placement please grab it yeah, it's great. way way across okay. the Love office to see that. from me But we're literally changing the narrative by creating a body of work that otherwise doesn't really exist because the infrastructure for folks like my brother folks like jake the five six hundred plus authors that we've published there isn't really infrastructure to um have their work written down and created Uh, but then we also try to live a new narrative um, by you know as much as possible working in interdependent teams of people uh, with varying abilities, whether that's on our board, in our classes, uh, or, you know, in some of our book sales and program outreach, like Jake's doing with interning this uh, this yes. semester. So, hey! Uh, so These
2: are a few of the books that I have done or helped in the past. So, this is Moon Made of Chicken. We got that go for this, go for that, uh, man, go for that, man. Then we got Running like a wild wildflower. Uh, we got whisper trick.
1: And, and just to just to be clear for for myself and the audience, you are the author of these books that you're you're showing us. Um.
2: Yes, I. Um. Well, one of the authors and a bunch of other people that were in the class. We I are see. all authors. Yes. So it's a collaboration, but you are one of the authors. Very good. Yes. I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay. so then let's see. I got a couple more here. Uh, I got How to Get Rid of the Goblin, Uh, Cliffhanger. I think this was my first book that I've done. Then Lick Plasters from the Wall. These are classics, you've got them all. Yeah. That's, a, that's and amazing. The best
1: of two. And you've been you've been involved with cow tipping press for four years. Is that what you said? At, at least, yes. Yeah. And but that is an amazing body of work. Uh yes. in in four years. I mean that that's that's incredible. I love the titles too. Uh they they were really drawing me in. Uh that first one, what was it again? Moon chicken a um, moon made of chicken moon
0: made of chicken yes moon made of chicken yeah a little additional context i can jump in with um all the titles are pulled from excerpts of writing in the in the um classes so the titles all come from from the author's works uh all the visual art uh we work in partnership with organizations that um are more focused on visual art by people with disabilities but it's all by folks with disabilities maybe mss Achieve services interact center um and then yeah each class that we teach has a book one of those books is associated with a class so there's up to 10 students in the class their best work is put together into a book and then celebrated with a release event in a coffee shop or a brewery or an art gallery or a park or a library and that's that's part of where we're getting out into the
2: community and really sharing these voices and so, stuff and, and yeah jake is a, prolific yes and there's about at least i think three to four stories each from each author put into the books when you
1: do a uh, an, an opening at a coffee shop for example like like brian just
2: mentioned uh jake do, do you read from the book is it is it oh yeah like, yeah you-, you yeah you'll read get to read a couple of your stories from the book because I think uh, my first one I did I did a few I did a couple short ones and I did one long story that I had written
1: I, uh, I would love to attend
2: one of those
1: um, I, I live in St. Paul Minnesota but uh, you know I have a car I can get I can get places so I would love to attend one of those uh, someday soon
0: well, major plug. We have like four or five coming up, and uh, I've got a flyer I can share with you. So we'll Excellent. we'll throw those. We'll throw Excellent. those in by the end of the pod. For sure, we are definitely going to. And I was even
1: thinking of that as well, Brian. Uh, that uh, maybe when we get close to the end here of our conversation, let's make sure folks know where they can can reach out and and find that information. Uh, that's that's great. I would love to attend attend one of those. All right, uh, so let's see. Uh, let's talk a little bit more specifically um, about about the uh, things you're involved in, Jake. Uh, from what I understand, you know, two of the real hallmarks of of Cow tipping Press are literary classes and and the apprenticeship program um, are a big part of of what Cow tipping does. Uh, and I'm hoping Jake, you can talk to us a little bit more about you know what that means. what are what are tell us about the literary
2: classes? All right. So literary classes is basically just like the writing portions, getting the stories down, and then doing the public readings. Um, so the start of the class, it's about at least I think what five weeks, is it right, Brian?
0: Yes, usually.
2: Yeah, five weeks for a class. We do different prompts from fiction, nonfiction, poetry, journalism, or drama, or I think do it yourself. See what you can come up with. Uh, We'll probably do at least three three to four prompts, or three to four stories on each week. And... I think we will also practice going up front and telling our stories in front of the class to get us ready for the public reading.
1: Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Uh, when you're going to present something, it's good to practice it. And uh, looks like Brian has something he wanted to share as well.
0: I was just dumping the, the release flyer in the chat and multitask and sorry, but oh, um, that's okay. Yeah, I think Jake is a pretty good summary of what the classes look like. Um, we, we work to make them um, as inclusive as possible, both in the reading and writing uh, elements basically if you use words in some way we'll figure out how to make it work. Uh, don't have to be a writer or a reader. Sometimes you have horrible memories of what English class was like for them in you know middle school or something like that, and that's that's not what we're about at all. We we uh, honor people's voices where they're at, um, and yeah, well, when we do that, often the stuff that people create from kind of a literary perspective is more advanced, more interesting, more divergent, more experimental than you know what what regular authors out there are doing or what people are sometimes paying lots of money to go to a college program to train their brains to do so it's a way of highlighting you know to generalize highlighting um some of the assets that a lot of people with with um developmental disabilities bring to the table naturally and are worth teasing out and you know exploring and sharing and and cultivating and valuing so
2: yeah and all of these stories that we have done are written in their own exact words, in the author's exact words.
1: It sounds like it, you really make it accessible for one to express their, their creativity. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, you don't uh, have to necessarily be a, a professional writer to get your your words to print and to, and to no. use your creativity, because it sounds like you have a, I mean, as Brian said, an inclusive, collaborative group, uh, and it allows one to, to sort of get, you know, what they want to share, uh, you know, in, in print, and, and they don't have to come to the table with all the the perfections of the English language, if you will, which Certainly, I personally have always struggled with, but it hasn't stopped me from being, you know, creative. And so I, I, I love everything I'm hearing. And, and, uh, and reflect back: Am I hearing this right? Am I? Am I uh,
0: yeah. Well, I think there's just a couple points there. Like I said earlier, one just building the infrastructure takes a little more work when, you know, it's folks who might need supports to write, uh, or even just like a community that presumes that they might have something to say or that it's worthwhile, you know. Um, So we as an organization are really that infrastructure. Uh, And then yeah, what Jake said about exact words only I think is a core principle of our work. Um, And, you know, it can be very easy for say if someone doesn't write by hand, what we do is we might have them work with a staff or volunteer. Sorry, I dropped a charger. Um, and speak what they have to say and have that person record it, you know, write down word for word. It's often very tempting as a staff person or a family member to be like, well, I'm going to fix this grammar. Or, Actually, maybe you shouldn't talk about that because it's inappropriate. Or don't you want to say what, like, what you were talking about last week? But we're like, nope you write down exactly what they say, whatever it is, wherever it goes, and and that can be really beautiful, but it's uh, that helping someone do rather than doing it for them is like, of course, a core important thing as someone who's a, um, a care worker or an interdependent ally or a staff or family, whatever you want to call it, um, but can still take so much reminding, and it's still like a very, it, it's a hard mindset to stay in for a lot of folks, but but we really work to cultivate that and the folks that help in our classes. I love that. It sounds like a f- absolutely fantastic process.
1: Um, very, very cool. Uh, and what about the apprenticeship program? Uh, tell
2: us more about that, Jake. All right, so I started the apprenticeship, I think, uh, think a couple or a few months right after my last class as like a student. Basically what the apprenticeship is, I co-teach or I help the teacher out. We help with, the, or I help decide on the prompts with the teacher. I help students that need help if they need help writing or if they need help thinking of a subject to write on. Um, My favorite uh, co-teacher that I, or teacher that I had did was Natalie. She basically was also my staff. So I got to, her. we got to plan each week as, as a staff because since she had, was my staff and we just had so much fun doing it and we got everything basically figured out right then and there. And we basically had the whole five weeks planned out ahead of time before the class had started.
0: Jake, I remember uh, it was like, I think February of 2020, maybe one of the last things either of us did that involved a lot of people, Disability Advocacy Day at the Capitol happened then. And oh, we, yes, we knew about real- COVID, but it was like, I think this is okay to be in a group. A week later, it was like, <laughs> nope, not okay. Um, but you came up and you were like, hey, when's the apprenticeship open next year? Because you had maybe seen Anna doing it the yep. previous year. And the, the application wasn't for like six months, but it was like, you're a go-getter. I like this. Like, we'll let you know in six months when that application is <laughs> open. So he applied and he was one of one of six hired for that next year, though. So that meant that probably a lot of your apprenticing, apprentice teaching was on Zoom rather than in person, right?
2: Yeah. Um when oh, I no, came...
0: you're you're third class with Natalie. That was yeah, fun, right? third
2: class was Natalie was in person. The others were over Zoom. Because my yeah. last one was, I think the First, or besides Natalie, the other three classes that I had done were over Zoom. Yeah,
0: that's where we had the reading at the pizza farm. Natalie's cow tipping story is worth its own podcast, but we won't dive too deep into uh, deeply into that, probably for sake of time. But just yeah, one of our one of our teachers we hire, uh, generally undergraduates. She was a graduate student. Um, We're kind of interested in this work and, and. We have a lot of people who want to do it and then work alongside former students to teach the class. So, um, but yeah, just, I think another thing to kind of bring it back to thinking about jobs and whatnot, um, as APSI, I'm sure is familiar with, there's this idea of the three Fs, food, filing and filth as the only jobs that people with disabilities can do, and, you know, total respect to those jobs, they're really, really elemental and important for keeping our, you know public spaces clean or helping, you know, supply chain manufacturing to happen. But I don't think for any class of person that that should be the only opportunity that someone might be able to do or be interested in, right? And, um, you know, I think by leaning into sort of the Creativity or quirks or differences that people have uh, uh, as folks with disabilities, rather than trying to help them be more like, you know, our our typical employee. um, We see the value of our our students in classes for sure, but then also the value they can bring as, um, you know, paid co teachers, teaching apprentices, a few different names we use for it, of of the classes, and that that kind of the arts. can be a pathway to employment for folks to, you know, community integrated, albeit part-time, but paid the same as our teachers. And so, yeah, totally different from some of your standard sheltered workshop fare. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, you know,
0: one of the, the core principles
1: of, of customized employment <clears throat> is that the possibilities are limitless. And what you're doing, Jake, and what, uh, what others are doing within uh, Cow Tipping Press are, are a great example of that. That uh, that there are so many different possibilities for any of us, uh, you know, as human beings. It's about finding, you know, finding our, our core strength and our passion and our fit, you know, in society and not being pigeonholed into into things. So, so it sounds like you were a uh, a student. Yep. And, and then you were a teacher. Yes. And, and now you are an intern. Yes, I am. So so uh, tell us all about that. Tell us uh, what it's like to be an
2: intern, um all the experiences that you're having. All right. So, well, the intern what is a about 12 weeks program. And I think I forgot which week this is, Brian. I think That's a great one, question. 5 6, six maybe halfway yes, through? Somewhere around there. Uh, basically what I'm doing so far for what Brian and Rachel, one of the co-directors of Cow Tipping is make, helping me do, I'm, um, what I'm going through, I'm going through about like six batches of books right now and finding my favorite ones, writing the authors that names down and their page numbers. And most of the batches have the books that I had shown you in them so I got to pick at least a couple of my favorites (laughs) um I'm also I've been trying to call uh, former students who are ready to become apprentices and getting them hopefully ready for the next semester or the next year and I forgot what else I'm doing Brian
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, Jake is working remotely. He, as you mentioned, he lives in Wausau. That is my hometown. It's where my brother and parents still live. So I live in the Twin Cities, and we most of our cow tipping programming takes place in the Twin Cities. But some over Zoom, like this semester, we have a couple of classes in Atlanta and Mississippi. Uh, and because I go home often enough, it has been easy to also run a program there. And, you know, contribute back to home community. So that's kind of how the connection with Jake happened. But anyway, we're doing a remote internship. But I was back in the area a couple weeks ago and we we barnstormed town and got our books stocked in like six different places you know it's it's sort of it's labor of love you know selling our books and getting them out into the world like uh you know plug out there into the universe someone who's got a bigger distribution channel and whose job it is to get books out there that would be the people to partner with to reach, you know, not hundreds, but tens of thousands of, of uh, folks. Um, we've probably reached thousands over the years, though. Got to give myself a little more credit. Anyway, yeah, so it was a cold day, and Jake and I drove around and went to stores. And I think maybe you were a little nervous at first, Jake, but eventually you kind of got the pitch down, like, hey, do you can oh, yeah. talk our books. You could do it on commission. You could buy them outright. Here's what cow tipping is. and a lot of people knew what it was. What was it? yeah, but what did you think about that day? I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun.
2: Oh, I definitely enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun driving around, getting books out, getting the word out on cow tipping and seeing a lot of people having or having fun and knowing about cow tipping and what it's doing with people with disabilities out there.
0: And how is working remotely? It's a one day a week internship. How has that been for you? Have you liked like the flexibility to kind of build out your days or has it been hard oh, yes. to be self-disciplined or, or um, to not feel as connected to community?
2: It's been easy since I started doing the internship. I can do it um, remotely for what Brian had said. And I can work on anything for what he gives me and i'm working on the fourth and the fifth batch of books right now and trying to get them all done hopefully before i leave for my trip soon
0: Yeah, jake's going to hawaii that's its, uh that's its own story but uh, wait oh, i have can... talk... to talk about hawaii, hawaii. Yeah, if you want. But I, I have another important question. You also work at Quick Trip. I won't tell anyone. Are you ever able to double dip and when it's real slow at Quick Trip, you know, be paging through some books and pick your best of, or they keep it too busy there to make it make it work? I feel like that's I'm a new economy. Busy. People can yeah, work two jobs at once on a remote.
2: Okay. If I'm on break, <laughs> then possibly yes. Well, no expectations of that. That's just kind of yeah. a silly question.
0: Good, good compartmentalizing. <laughs>
1: Very good. Very good. And uh, so now and, you know, for some time now, you've been working with with uh, colleagues that uh, might identify somebody with a disability and folks that don't, you know, how, how has that experience been for you?
2: Oh, it's been interesting um, seeing all of these people who've been or near or are have yeah I'm so sorry um it's been very interesting working with all these people and seeing all or seeing how they react to people with disabilities and working with them directly is a whole lot of fun
1: that's great that's great and what uh tell us a little bit about your hopes for your future
2: career um well, hopefully, with cow tipping, maybe later on down the road, I could become a teacher and teach my own class here in Wasika, or at least get a class in my hometown, which we had tried down in Fraybo. But hopefully, later down the road, that can become a possibility.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, and you're working at uh, Quick Trip. Make, I always think of Charlie Behrens now. He's a comedian. Do you know who Charlie Behrens
2: is? Yes, I've seen some of his stuff on the Quick Trip page on Facebook, Yes, He's yes, just hilarious. Yeah, he is, he is really funny. I went
1: and saw him in person over the summer. And now I always think of him when I say Quick Trip.
2: Yeah. And quick trip has been a lucky place that I have gotten into. They treat my all my coworkers treat me with respect, knowing what I I'm on and knowing what my disability is. They all treat me with respect. I have a lot of fun with my coworkers. They all love me.
1: That's awesome. That's that it's an important great part. Great
2: place to work.
0: It's an important part of the Wasik economy these days because the grocery store closed down. So, like number one grocery is Walmart, but number two grocery is Quick Trip, and like literally you can do your grocery shopping there for better or worse. Yeah. So. Yeah, you probably stay busy.
2: Oh yeah,
1: I a lot. Very good, very good. Well, before we go into some of our final thoughts, let's uh, let's let's segue back to uh, sort of promoting uh, some of the things you have coming up. I don't know how this will work uh, over Zoom, but I'm just going to go ahead and go back to that chat where. I can try uh,
0: projecting that, like sharing my screen with it too, but I put it in the chat in case you had any better technical way of putting that flyer up. Yeah, you know, if I had it uh,
1: minimized from the beginning, then I could go in and share it. Um, I'm not quite sure. Should I share mine? If you
0: think you can, uh, try it. Uh, I think I could, but it says the I'm I'm disabled because I'm not the host, so that's correct. More work than correct, it's more work. but uh, you know
1: what? That's okay. I'm gonna make you the host, and then uh, have you have you pull it up.
0: Hey. Okay. Can we see that? I sure can. This is a uh, draft poster, but like all the information is accurate except maybe there's a comma missing here or there. So, Jake, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I'll I'll do the quick rundown if
2: that's all right. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay,
0: so- Monday, November 28th. That's at the Institute on Community Integration, which is a part of the University of Minnesota. They just built this beautiful new building on the river. uh, And that's kind of in the middle of the day, but we're hoping maybe some folks from the University of Minnesota are able to join that one. I don't have offhand which students and which partner orgs are are, um, reading at each event. And we don't know the book titles until a week or two before, but they'll all be great, I promise. Saturday, December 3rd, uh, you said that you were willing to make a a nice um, you know, hall somewhere, Chris. If you'd like to go to Decatur, Georgia, we've actually been to that coffee shop. It's a nice one. They'll be releasing a book. I don't think uh, any Minnesotans will be there for that one, but that's that's great. Uh, and then we have one happening at the Northeast Library, Northeast Minneapolis. It's another one during a day. It's a, it's a nice building. Um, close to a lot of restaurants and you know breweries and shops if people want to check them out. Uh, and then we have two that are happening on Facebook Live. You see December 7th and then December 8th. Um, those are those are Georgia and Mississippi ones. So we teach the class over Zoom, but then we also can do a book release over Zoom and they're in the Georgia case, they're complementing it with their own uh, book release at a coffee shop. But that's fun. You can just tune on Facebook Live. You can ask questions, put them in the chat. Another way of interacting with folks. And Then Wednesday, December seventh. Uh, you know, not to play favorites, but this is a beautiful location. It's the Fresh Eye Gallery. It
2: actually, is a beautiful place. <laughs> that was my, or my last uh, public reading. As yeah, a you, you,
0: you've been there. Tell us, tell us more.
2: Um, it's a, it is for what Brian said. It is a very beautiful art gallery. It's amazing for what it is and all that's in there, all the art is amazing.
0: Yeah, featuring a lot of art by people with disabilities, but not only by a lot of our cover artists through this partner organization. And it's kind of a new gallery in South Minneapolis. Um, And uh, there might be some live music, we'll see, but they have a Yule Mart, holiday market. So you can go there and also buy uh, holiday gifts that, that have a purpose behind them. So that's December 7th, I'm gonna stop to share. Fantastic. And
1: then, when you get a chance, Brian, just make me the host again. So, if we if we wrap yeah, up. So, we uh,
0: got some powers. I'll, I'll That's right. Us. You, you yep. keep going. The we I'll do
1: it. Uh, close this out in style, as they say. That's great. I took a, you know, obviously I could go back and see that a different way, but I took a, a picture of it as well while you had that up. I'm going to get those in my calendar. So, I make sure I'm tracking, Uh, you know, what's coming up. I'll definitely, so Jake, of the ones that Brian uh just talked about which which ones will you be at, or will you be at some of those?
2: Um I would say the ones that I'll probably be able to do will probably be on the on Facebook. It is a little hard trying to get rides up to the cities well this podcast
0: (laughs) this podcast is also dueling as our morning meeting. so uh yeah our goal is that i would be down with jake at least once over the course of the semester and then we get you to the cities for something so one of these would be a possibility but uh maybe we'll be getting you to a a training or a meet the apprentices next year event or something but but uh, yeah we haven't yet figured out when when jake's making making the big haul up here so sounds good sometimes you
1: couple it with some music you said is that
2: right Oh yeah. Um when I was last there at the Fresh Eye Gallery, there was uh some live music playing, probably like a um Minnesotan type band. Um at least a couple people were playing there.
1: Okay. All right. Well, if you're ever looking for musicians, I know a lot of a lot of musicians, so uh, either one of you let me know if you're ever looking to collaborate with somebody.
2: All right.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Well we're, we're great. Uh, so um, just finally, you know, just love to hear some of your closing thoughts on, on your hopes for a you know more inclusive future, what that might look like, anything you might want to share
2: with our audience today. Mm. Brian, I think you should go first. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: I want to defer to Jake on this one. Can I add just a couple notes from a, a couple things I wanted to say first, and then I'll also answer that. Try not to be too long. Absolutely. Um, one i know a lot of this debate around um you know paying people sub minimum wage or or kind of competitive integrated employment sometimes there's a divide between like well that person has less significant disabilities so it's easy for them to you know work out in the community and this person has has um you know more significant disabilities and i represent them and they need this this um you know Subminimum Certificate. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of things people can do work and recreational wise that involve the community and um, as much as possible at Cow Tipping, again, kind of our, we, we work with people who use words. That is one form of exclusion, but we're a literary program. So that's kind of what we have to do. Um, but we work with a wide variety of people as as for sure students but also as our teachers you know including people who communicate a lot more divergently uh, and kind of you might not expect what they're gonna say or how they're saying something um, you know including people for whom kind of that that independent access is uh, takes a lot of creativity and, and reimagining um but but you know I think you, the title of this this podcast is make the road by walking and that's really what we're trying to do so I don't want don't want to present just the like, uh, you know, um, we're, we're only working with a certain type of person with disability. Jake is one example, and there's plenty of others in our, um, uh, yeah, uh, on our team. Uh, and then just another, well, no, the, the other note isn't that important. Um, so, my, uh, yeah, but my, my vision for a more inclusive world, I mean, I think, again, Better inclusion of folks with and without, I think, uh, intellectual about developmental disabilities in particular, that kind of 2% of the population, as far as, as, far as I know statistically, uh, has so much generative potential in our home, work, school, and recreational lives. Um, of course, you know, by and large, that is good for people with disabilities when they're meeting and connected to a wider variety of folks and, and making Networks and friends, and having you know job opportunities and stuff. Um, sometimes just you know, our apprentices or people in similar roles just just meeting people. Uh, new people or networks in being in community-grade spaces this is what leads to opportunities for them to sit on boards. We do have someone who's a Katsubing, former Katsubing apprentice and intern who's sitting on the sub minimum wage uh, committee at, um, you know, w- with the state uh, or to, to do fellowships or to get other jobs or to be on, pod you know, not just this podcast but other ones. So just getting out often is what leads to some of those connections. Um, so that, of course, you know, that's a good thing, but uh, yeah, it's also good for, um, you know, I think even more importantly, people who are less familiar with this population and think differently when they're, um, you know, hearing from someone, the gift that I've been given to circle back of, of being a brother to my brother, and learning from his kind of different way of being in the world and communicating and whatnot, um, you know, that's, that's made me a better, more nimble, you know, more creative, uh, inclusive person. And I think, you know, we have that opportunity in so many spaces. We've just scratched the surface of what, what inclusion can can provide the world. Um, and there's all sorts of intersections too, right? Like um, when you are more inclusive people with disabilities, I think you're more likely to also think about marginalizations along lines of race or, um, you know, LGBT identities or others and, and that, places that are thinking about inclusion on those lines can be entry points for inclusion of folks with disabilities too so there are ripple effects with that that empathy that inclusion that uh, ability to kind of be flexible and nimble and and you know make the world a place that messy as it is works better for all of us so I think I think that's the potential
1: yeah and it sounds like uh, you've really created a a a platform, if you will, if if that's the right word, uh, where you can have little communities, you know, sort of one one at a time working together uh, interdependently, interactively, people with disabilities, people without, um, you know, making each other's lives uh, more enriching and and better. And, you know, I, I firmly believe that as human beings, we all need to be a part of something. And and Jake, you certainly are, are a fundamental part of something. You know, you're an author. You're a you're an intern. You've been a teacher. Uh, you have uh, you have a bright bright future uh, and and a, uh, a bright uh, current, as I'm saying. I mean, you're you're making yeah. things happen right now. You know, as we speak. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to see all the things you'll do. You know, with your future. Thank you. Any, any closing words uh, for our audience? I don't mean to put you on the spot, Jake. It's okay to, to say no, but if you have like a favorite uh, saying or words of wisdom, we'd love to hear them.
2: Uh, if you would love to join tipping, please do. It's a whole lot of fun. Even if you don't have disabilities, I would join it as well.
0: Great. A lot of roles for a lot of different people available.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, it sure sounds like it. Uh,
1: You've definitely... Uh, piqued my interest in, in all the things that you're doing and really enjoyed um, hearing more about uh, cow tipping and specifically more about what you're up to Jake and all the things that, that you're doing and
2: contributing
1: to and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing you down the road.
2: Yeah you too.
1: All right well great well thank you so much again both of you. Uh, uh, Jake Leiser, Brian Boyce, uh, Cow Tipping Press for being you know with us here today and, and giving our audience a chance to learn more about cow tipping press and and uh the ways they they can come out and support some of the um, upcoming uh author uh releases and and so forth and what is uh just for the audience what is your website i mean i know we all just google things now but
2: uh
0: here's uh-huh. your test check <laughs>
2: Uh, I think it is cowtipping.org or is it .com, Brian?
0: Cowtippingpress.org. Though, truth be told, I just registered the domain cowtipping.org yesterday for a redirect. So you're ahead of the curve.
2: All right.
1: Very good. So cowtippingpress.org. And I meant to ask at the beginning or, or somewhere along the, the path here, how did you come up with the name Cowtipping
0: Chris. Ooh, Quiz number two. Do you know that, Jake? I'm not expecting you to do, but I'm curious.
2: Uh, no, I don't remember. I've heard the story on it a, a while ago, but I can't remember. I know you had came up with it when you were in college or one of your roommates had, I think
0: i like the roommate story uh no kind of um no so i I said all the book titles they come from excerpts from poems or or pieces that are written in the books um and so same with the name of our org the very first poem we published was a poem called cow tipping in the dark um so representing our authors words as much as possible front and center and, and trying to get away from cheesy names again with due respect um uh, potential, achievement, friendship, special, you know, like like those are the things I think of when I think about, you know, Jake or authors or my brother. I think about like the the creativity, the the random conversation I might have, which might be about cow tipping. So makes for a fun mischievous logo and culture too.
1: It, it sounds like a very appropriate name. And uh, yeah, I appreciate all that you said on there. Okay, great. So now we know the story. It's a great one. Well, thanks again, everyone, uh, both of you, for, for being on today. And just want to remind everybody out there that if you believe it, you can achieve it.